Hey, that's right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is another Flophouse Mini. It's a little different than a regular episode of the Flophouse Podcast where we watch a movie and talk about it. On a Flophouse Mini, we kind of do whatever we want. And of course, we have a special one today for you folks. That's right. We are doing an episode of Two Boy Talking Tube to Two Dudes today. Yes way. And you're probably asking <laughs> okay. yourself You're probably asking yourself changing. Yeah, Two Boy. Well, Two Boy's me, Stuart Wellington. You're probably wondering two dudes, and that's right. I'm joined by my two favorite dudes. Dan McCoy and Elliot Kalen, why don't you introduce yourself, guys? Uh I think you did it. <laughs> it's us. Mm-hmm. Dan McCoy's me. And Ellie this Kalen. voice is Elliot Kalen. Well, yeah, I can say go. my own name, but thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Well, and, I mean, we were we'd already, you know, had so many redundancies built into the system. I figured, you know, one more couldn't hurt. It's safety. I like it. That's why they call you Safety First McCoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're talking tube, and you guys are both uh, tube. Obviously, means television. You guys are both professional television writers, so you're going to be able to help me and answer my questions. And we're doing this today because normally we record episodes at night. Not today. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. And boys, let me tell you, do I have a case of the Mondays? How about you? Um, I guess, I mean, not really, because although, as you correctly identify, we have been television writers, uh, none of, neither of us is currently <laughs> working on, But we're, like, so we uh, remain television writers. It's not like, yeah. if, you're, if, if, like, when someone is between jobs, they don't stop having that profession, right? Sure, sure. But I'm saying the, the case of the Monday is, I was I mean, a lawyer. I hope to be a lawyer again someday, but at the moment, I currently am not a lawyer. That kind of yeah. Thing. I mean, I do do more Schrodinger's do, do, job. I do, I do do more work uh, during you know like normal office hours still, but I'm not going anywhere. Having the usual Mondays case of the Mondays problems that Stuart is talking about. I have, the, I have the opposite. I'm having a manic Monday. It's just another mm. manic Monday. I don't wish it was Sunday. That's not my fun day. My fun mm-hmm. day would be Saturday, of course. The Sabbath. Because Saturdays. It's the Sabbath, and I, my fun is in praying. Also, Saturday night when the Sabbath is over is all right for fighting. That song, that song is about how you can fight on Saturday night because the Sabbath is over at sundown, and you can finally yeah. turn on lights, drive cars to where you're fighting, turn on the headlights so you can see the fight circle. You know? Or if you put a string around the person you want to fight, that's also permitted, I, I believe. I mean, you'd have to talk to a rabbi for that, and especially a rabbi okay. who likes Elton John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, just to keep everybody appraised of the situation, we have one Garfield, two non-Garfields here. And when I talk about okay. Garfield, oh, wow. of course, I don't necessarily mean Andrew Garfield, although from what I can tell, he does love lasagna, he does hate Mondays, his opinions on Nermal, undecided. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's never talked about it on the record, hey, as far record, as I know, yeah. maybe off yeah. the record, but well, yeah. That's what, yeah, you said from what you can tell, and I was wondering what data points maybe you were looking at. <laughs> sure. <to laughs> body language mainly, uh, the okay. clothes he chooses to wear, et cetera. Sure. So here on Two Boy Talking Tube to Two Dudes today, yes way, we are going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be talking about some important uh, television gossip. We're going to be talking about some hot news. Uh, I'm going to get your thoughts on some of the hot news shows that are going on. Mm. We're going to talk about what we're watching. Of course, we're going to, at the end, we're going to wrap it all up with a talk of the talk of the town. That's right. The big game that was on TV. <laughs> the biggest tube event of all. Okay. That's so- right. Everyone, everyone's been Everyone's waiting anxiously for our one week late wrap up about the event we usually don't talk about at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so Just thought I'd help sell it to the listener. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the, we're starting off with the most important thing. The thing that people have been bugging me incessantly on social media about 
is back in Flophouse episode, I think it's episode, we called it episode 55. I think it was in the 90s or something, but it was the the 55th full episode where we reviewed the Gerard Butler, Catherine Heigl movie, The Ugly Truth. I suggested, uh-huh, sure. I suggested a little something that we should do. Who would he be on Night Court? The bailiff? Not the bailiff. Yeah, he's not the Mac. Court. Yeah, yeah, Mac. That's who you'd be. Wait, would I get to be? No. You'd be, you'd be Harry, and I'd be John Larroquette, right? Yeah, of course. Jane Feeling, sure. Of that course. sounds awesome. Yeah. I'd be okay being Can we Mac. go do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll start up the holodeck. We can have our Night Court adventure. Can we do that? Wait, is what some, does that even is mean? Is dude with a Tommy gun going to show up and just It's a holodeck, yeah. A Tommy gun or, you know, Sherlock Holmes or something. Can we do that? What does it mean? I don't know what you're asking. Stuart wants someone to build us a night court set. And we would get some old night court scripts, I think. And we would just live inside night court. That sounds good. As you can hear... I suggest that we do night court, to which case you guys both <laughs> laughed at me like I was some kind of fool or a madman. But you know what? Somebody at NBC just did that shit. That's right. It's There's true, a night someone. court reboot or sequel? What would you call this, guys? It's Well, everything's called a reboot now, even if it is, as this one is a sequel, since John Larroquette is playing the same character mm-hmm, later right. in life as he is indeed the same and actor the, later in life. The judge is supposed to be Harry Stone's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh is, is my understanding. Now, Stuart, still, I mean, I, I still argue that we could not have, have, in fact, done Night Court. For one thing, we didn't have the the rights to Night Court. Uh, also, not the resources, no, to be sure. Yeah, no packaging deals to put together. Um, we did have access to the number one Night Court fan, Hallie Hagland, however. So mm-hmm. in that way, we could have, I guess, she could have told us how to do night court but uh-huh. yeah that's she'd be, a, she'd be a great you know great resource post yeah. character but i think Stuart, you're making the same uh mistaken fallacy that the purchasers of the yodorovsky dune <laughs> storyboard book made uh-huh. when they raised millions uh in order to buy the one of the few remaining storyboard books for uh yodorovsky's plans for dune and they thought this Go gave on. them the ability to make a movie of dune not realizing mm-hmm. that dune is a copyrighted work uh, the rights had already been sold and that it would cost a lot of money just to buy those rights, let alone to produce a film of it. That owning <laughs> the script of the movie did not mean you could just automatically make the movie. So just having an idea of Night Court doesn't mean we can can do Night Court. On the other hand, and here's where I say you had the right idea. We could have done the People's Night Court. We would have scooped the People's Joker and just done our version of Night Court. We couldn't have shown it at festivals. Couldn't have shown it at festivals. Cease and I mean, desist we letter. Would, we would probably show it at a festival initially, and then we'd receive a cease and desist letter from yes. who owns the rights to Night Court, NBC, John Larroquette. I have to assume mm-hmm. John Larroquette, uh, and at, uh, maybe uh, Harry Anderson was still alive at the time. I believe, that this episode was recorded. Yep. Uh, so he could come after us. And then the headlines write using, themselves. Using, Night his, Court. Uh, using his magic, his wizardry. <laughs> it was magic, yeah. It would have said, it, the headlines would have said, Night Court has its day in court, and it would be us oh, being sued by, uh, the, by the creator and stars of Night Court. Oh, we should have done it. We would have looked, looked, done it. I would have looked so sad, but then when I beat the charges, I, you, I would have been praying harder than everybody. So, and, then by we the way, sell, and then we sell the rights to the TV version of our life story as the guys who tried to do Night Court and, yeah. and couldn't get away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, for, for, for listeners at home, I know that we've started to put out little you know video clips of uh, episodes, but, but not whole episodes. So a, a lot of the visuals 
still remain a mystery. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that as soon as uh, Elliot started night court explaining to to Stuart, he took a big bite of banana, both in defiance, I think. There's a certain defiant quality the way he ate that banana, and also knowing that he would have plenty of time <laughs> to chew and swallow <laughs> and that swallow. banana before I like to think required that, to I like to think it was not again. defiant, Stan, but that much as that banana would impart potassium to him, he knew that I was imparting valuable knowledge <laughs> nutrients <Wisdom>. to him. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. powering up for the battle to come. So, but... <laughs> So I brought up Night Court. Obviously, somebody at NBC is a big listener of the show and got an idea from us. It's okay. You don't need to pay mm-hmm. us. Uh, you know, just keep listening. You know, uh, Dan loves it's not, it's not, cameos. It's not the first time. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, most nominated movie at the Academy Awards this year. Mm-hmm. Clearly, listeners, because they picked up my raccoon that was cut out of Ratatouille bit for mm-hmm. that movie. So the Flophouse is a real, is a real influencer yep. that way. Uh, yeah, if you but, want to make it up to us, we could be like, you know, three podcasters appearing in Night Court on some sort of podcast dispute. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that would be it. Have you, have you guys, I, I mean, the most important question is, have you guys watched the new Night Court yet? I haven't watched it yet, so I have to assume we'd be three podcasters arrested for patronizing a prostitute, <laughs> since most of the cases on <laughs> yeah, the old Night Court were just, yeah. were just prostitutes. But uh, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it. Dan, have you? I watched the first third of it, and then I thought to myself, well— Audrey and I are always looking for- The first third of an episode? The first third of the first episode of the okay. Night Court reboot. And I thought to Episodes myself- Episodes are three hours are... long now. Yes. I was just say one third of an episode, I would say not a statistical sample for judging. All but you're saying, of, you have a story. Yeah. All of what I'm saying will make sense if I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, I don't not? think we're going to uh, do yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, objection, objection. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to let Dan finish his story. Judge Wellington, what do you say? I mean, fair enough. It's not that great. I don't care. <laughs> no, he can, <laughs> he can, t- he can tell the story. On this podcast. Okay, so you're overruling my objection. Yeah, Dan, okay. Dan has, uh, you know, sometimes Dan's stories take us on adventures to Ikea, so I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> where we all get mad at each other. Um, no, I started watching it and I thought to myself, you know what? Audrey and I are always li- looking for something light to watch, short mm. to watch, funny mm. to watch. It can't all be severance all day long, yeah. Yeah, maybe this is something that we are eventually going to want to watch together, although perhaps not because unlike you know, unlike me, she has no fond memories of the original Night Court, so... She was just a baby. Yeah, if that... Uh, if the show starts shakily, I feel like my fond mem- memories may pull me through until it finds its footing. But if it's not immediately amusing, mm-hmm. it may not be the, the show for hers. Uh, yeah, I've been watching it. Uh, Charlene and I are both fans of the original show. And, you know, we there's a soft spot for that style of sitcom. They haven't, mm-hmm. not to spoil too much, but they haven't explained uh, about Bull being abducted by aliens yet. Uh, like Is he that. back haven't in this season? Explained about it. Well, they haven't talked. Like he hasn't like come back, or aliens haven't shown up, or they haven't addressed that. Like, oh yeah, he disappeared one day. Like they don't talk so about the him most. At all. The most hanging cliffhanger from the original series. You're saying so for listeners who are not familiar with Night Court. Uh, Bull, the what bailiff? He was yeah. he was taken away by aliens at the end of the last episode. Yeah, of the series. I think you should <laughs> explain it to me because there's an assumption that I too remember the last episode of Night Court. Dan, in full you've detail, been talking like you're a not. big you're like you're a big nighthead. Like you're you're full of your uh, love Night Court. You don't even <laughs> remember that Bull was abducted by aliens. I am not. I am not aware of each individual character's <laughs> like Animal House style, like what but happened. If to you're going to remember end. any of them, it's the one where the character is Got literally short aliens, aliens say, yeah. "You'll be the guy yeah. who can reach the highest Was it shelves." Alf? They Did take Gordon him to Shumway planet. take him away? <laughs> what a crossover that would have been, uh, mm, if only. Yeah. No, I think were they actually were those? Those were both NBC shows, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. So they could have done been. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so Night Court, it's good. Uh, I'm enjoying it, and it's coming back. It's getting renewed. Um, so let's go to some ripped from the headlines, folks. Uh, <laughs> oh, actor, please. <laughs> actor Penn Badgley, that's a favorite of Dan's from the TV show You. Yeah. Short said, for Pennsylvania Badgley. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has said, no, no, no to sex scenes uh, in order to be better in his marriage. Uh, as you mm-hmm. guys are both actors, do you find that intimate scenes make it hard on your relationships? <laughs> Is this a question from a different interview that you were conducting with other people? Yeah. Or? I know you guys have both been I on The Daily Show before. Yeah, I was not required to kiss anyone. I mean, like even in I the- I slow danced with someone once on The Daily The last show. time I was do? in- a play where I had a kiss. You saw it. It was hair. That was the yeah. last time. Did that mess with your relationship, uh, Dan? I was not currently dating anyone at the time. So this is not really an issue that I've had to a lot of experience with. I do think it's kind of, look, I think it's kind of wow, weird. You, you were part- the star of hair. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that when you're the star of hair, you want to be you want to be single. You want to be available, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you want right. You want to have your options open the minute that the curtain falls and people are rushing the stage. Mm-hmm. There's so many people at the stage door waiting for me with Demanding flowers. your love, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I do think it's a little... A little odd to, you know, that's part of an actor's job to do that. And I think think any reasonable uh, actor understands that and any reasonable spouse understands that. But I understand if, like, on a personal level, you're like, you know what? If this isn't necessary, I'll ask for it. I'll see what they say. Like, Mm -hmm. this is one of these stories that has gotten a lot of play. And I'm like, I don't know. It just seems like something that he he asked for. And they're like, okay, cool. Does he Has he done— a lot of love scenes previously in his work? Well, I mean, the show I haven't seen is all you, about- but isn't it a show about him stalking and killing people? Yeah, but there's like yes, sex but, involved but too. But for love. Uh, yeah, he does like, for he's love. Like, he's like Dexter. <laughs> if instead of killing serial killers, he just killed women. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's mean, actually true. You, it is one of those things where it's like, it was like Jamie Dornan at one point was talking about uh, to prepare for his roles, Christian Grey. He went to some mm. like sex clubs uh, to like kind of see what that lifestyle is about. And he, he said he had to like go take a shower before he could spend time with his family just to get through that. And I'm like, dog, you're in a show where you play a fucking serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to give- Yeah, to but he doesn't it. go and hang out with serial killers probably to prepare for it. I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> to give Elliot a little background, you is like, I mean, Me? it's gone through a lot of iterations. <laughs> yeah, right. Who? What is I? <laughs> um <laughs> It's gone through a lot of iterations. In the original season, it was about someone who, yeah, was a stalker. It's kind of a soap opera, drama, satire, thriller about, you know, a toxic person who, like, Toxic Avenger? It's a lot like Toxic uh, Avenger, yeah. Is he a lot lot like Toxie? Like, he fell into some sewage and he's a a janitor? Kind of. Rips people's arms off? It starts out as sort of like an extreme exa- examination of like a toxic nice guy because he is uh, uh, the extremist in that he murders people. And then it becomes And then like all shows, of- the, the premise falls away and it's just a workplace comedy now? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a lot wanna, of asides. <laughs> I don't want to spoil all the twists and turns for uh, listeners who may go on to uh, watch you. I know that you probably won't, Elliot. To watch but, me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they home. will. <laughs> Um, I knew I shouldn't have bought this Chinese-made television with the camera turned on all the time. Yeah, but I think it. You had won the house from Thirteen Ghosts at auction. (laughs) (laughs) I think over time it kind of becomes like, uh, you know, the way that the Tom Ripley Highsmith novels like go off in a bunch of different directions off of like this 
like amoral guy who's not afraid to murder when backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at this most recent season is very funny to me because he's like off in England and he uh, is among these uh, these like his wealthy like evil wealthy friends. And I tweeted about it because it's funny to me that they have these dinner parties where they're literally like. Oh, do you think these poor people hate us because of all that we have? Oh, don't you want to hurt us? It's like, oh, maybe if they, oh, the poor, let's, you know, pile them up and burn them. And <laughs> like, it's 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 going so far and it's wanting to be like kind of this uh, class uh, conscious you know, soapy satire that it's having rich people talk about poor people. Then like, like the thing about rich people and the way they grind poor people under their heel is they don't think about them. Yeah, like they're, that's they're, they're the monstrous thing. They're oblivious to the existence of poor they people. They aren't like, yeah. ha, 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 let, let us turn our rich people shrink rays on the poor and have them <laughs> yeah. fight each other inside this bottle. You know, like it's, it's... I mean, do they do that on that show? Because I'll that watch be, that yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, that, that actually sounds like a good season. <laughs> that sounds great. This sounds yeah. like a good show. What's it called, Me? Mm-hmm. It's called Me. Show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Dan Dan has his interview to be a staff writer for you, and they're like, so do you have any storyline ideas? <laughs> well, yeah, I really think they should take a shrink ray yeah, and yeah. shrink poor people and make uh, them fight I brought, in the bottle. I brought, I brought a prop. It's a shrink ray. <laughs> and they're like, Netflix has a show like that already. Netflix yeah. already does that show. Yeah. So, yeah. Like the way when they were like, they were like, we have Squid Game. It's a show about how these people are throw, pour, through these horrible, violent games. And they're like, what if we do a show that's just that? What if we take the thing that's meant as torture in Squid Game and we make it its own show? It yeah. seems like a like a moral mistake. So, uh, so he says he's not going to do any love scenes. Yeah, you know, I would say to each their own. Uh uh-huh. Wow, great. So, uh, talking about love scenes, you know what holidays tomorrow, guys? That's right, Valentine's Day, the most love scene mm-hmm. of all holidays. Now, so a lot of people like to spend their holidays watching TV or like. Uh, like me, I like to spend my Valentine's Day with somebody special, wrapped up in a uh, in like a robe, maybe wearing a moisturizing mask and watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, You're talking about meatball. Yes, somebody <laughs> my, special. Yep, somebody special. <laughs> it's uh, it's muscles sits on my lap and yells at me if I'm not petting him, and I'm like I'm trying to pay attention to this love lovely movie. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about we're the, talking the, about you're watching the cat version of it. Portrait of a lady on fire. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, portrait of a lady on fur. That's what it should be. <laughs> oh man, that'd be great. Adorable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but we are talking today. We're going to talk about romantic couples in television shows, and I'm going sure. to list out romantic pairings from television shows, and you're going to tell me if you think they have chemistry or no chemistry, okay? Mm, so let's like start this. Let's start with a big one, Sam and Diane. Oh, chemistry. I mean, certainly, I mean, chem, I mean, the show told us they have chemistry, but I'm not so sure. You know what? I'm not so sure yeah, about I need that. The performance. I don't think that's, that's not a relationship that I think would work in real life. That's not what chemistry means, Elliot. I like, agree with you Dan. You have chemistry with a lot of people who you wouldn't work out with long term. Chemistry is, you know, chemistry. I'm saying man. there's chemistry between Ted Danson and Shelley Long. That's but what I don't I'm, know. That there's what chemistry between about. Sam and Diane. That's the thing. I'm separating the characters from the performers. If you had two different actors in that role, if Sam was played by Ernest Borgnine and Diane was played by Cheetah Rivera, mm-hmm. I don't see chemistry in that in that pairing. Oh, Even if they're playing yeah. the same character, doing the same lines. That's fine. Well, we're, to- we're, talking about the, we're talking about the. We're talking about actors. Okay, let's see. Let's see if are... Sam was played by was played by Worf, <laughs> not the actor again, not but the character Worf. And Diane, You're right, was, Elliot. and Diane was played by a spider. I don't. I don't, I don't see these, it. 
You're right. These crazy hypotheticals, they have terrible chemistry. I don't, they don't have good chemistry. Okay, let's say Sam is played by J.D. Salinger. Good luck getting in front of the camera. And, uh, and Diane is played by Queen Elizabeth II, who has since died, but this is a time travel thing. So, so J.D. Salinger is still alive in this scenario. I don't think it's going to work out. I don't, same, okay, but same for scripts, the purposes— Same scripts, and James Burroughs is still directing it. For the purposes work. of argument, let's say that Cheers exists as it does in our reality. Yes. And these All characters right. I don't know are if I inexorably attached to the I don't know if I can buy that actors. supposition, Dan. <laughs> well, Cheers this, exists as this, it does. This rapid fire question game is taking, uh, has <laughs> gotten the weeds fast. Okay, next one is turn. Ross and Rachel. Ross and Rachel. Chemistry or no chemistry? No chemistry. No. Okay, no. yeah, he's a creep anyway. Uh, Jim and Pam from The Office. I think they do. I found those characters by the end of the show that went on too long intolerable. But early on, yes. I think they had a lot of chemistry until the characters got married. And honestly, at that yeah. point, the characters kind of lost a lot of what was drawing them together. It yeah. happens in a lot of marriages. Jim, Pam, don't feel bad. It happens uh-huh. in a lot of marriages. Yeah. Okay, what about Tim and Dawn from The Office? <laughs> That's the UK office. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, sure. Let's say <laughs> yeah, I haven't yes. watched it in a long time. I don't really remember. Okay. What about Eleanor and Cheedy from The Good Place? Uh, I would say no chemistry. I, yeah. This is a hard one. I would say that the actual chemistry is low, but to go to Elliot's you know, flip side of this okay. question, I do think that as a relationship, <laughs> they seem strong. Okay, that's cute. All right, fair. That's okay. fair, yeah. What about Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec? Which one was Ben Wyatt? Was that Adam Scott? Adam Scott. That's Adam Scott. Okay, I had stopped watching by that point, so I don't. I don't really? Know. I like. Wow. I, I, Parks and Rec, really good show. Not a bad show. I would watch it, and I'd be like, "This is a funny show," but I wouldn't actually laugh at it. It just wasn't tickling my funny bone. Mm, it's like at the Sports time. Night. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, Sports Night was less of a laugh a minute okay. type comedy. But. So Elliot's explaining why he can't answer. Dan, do you have an answer? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say, yeah, they got they got a nice little uh, rapport going, a little night back and forth. Okay, home stretch here. A- April Ludgate and Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. That's uh, that's Chris Pratt and uh, Aubrey Plaza. I think I get. I think they had chemistry early on, and then did I watch when they were an actual couple? I don't remember. A lot of these characters in these shows, it's just the way these shows are built. They have a lot of chemistry before the characters are in a relationship with each other. Yeah. And then once they're in a relationship, the writers of the show have trouble getting that relationship continuing because the the entire dynamic before was we're attracted to each other, but we're not together. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that this one would hinge on how you describe chemistry. Like, I didn't think, I didn't feel like there was ever like a lot of heat between those characters, but they had a nice rapport. Okay. So okay. Mm-hmm. we got and this we got, is and this is Chris Pratt doing the Mario voice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got two left. First one is Buffy and Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, well, yes, yes, I would say definitely, but Elliot, I assume never watched it. I, ba- I barely have watched that show. Yeah. Okay. Homer, I missed my window. Uh, I mean, I should have watched it when Joss Whedon was a god rather than when he was a devil. Yeah. Uh, Homer and Marge Simpson. Okay, here's this is this is something that is going to sound strange. I'm going to say no chemistry except in the bedroom. They clearly are very sexually attracted to each other. Okay. Otherwise, the relationship does not work at all. Yeah, I do I also get that sense that uh they actually, you know, they 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 enjoy it. 
Yeah, if if, if 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 Marge wasn't so didn't need the HD so much, then uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, then, I don't, and yeah, I think it wouldn't it wouldn't quite work. But I don't think that they are meant to be for all the episodes that are like them reaffirming their love at the end. I think part of the joke is that they are also not a great couple. They're now, they're Elliot, is that family. what? Is that what HDTV is about? If I yes, tune Homer's in? Dick. That's entirely what <laughs> okay. it's all about. It stands for Homer's Dick Television. It was weird. I thought it was weird when Congress decreed that all new televisions made the United States had to be Homer's Dick capable, but, you know, <laughs> compatible. But that's the way they did it. So, folks, we also uh, – t- let's talk about hot shows. There's a hot new show on HBO right now, uh, The Last of Us. It's based on a video game. Now, Elliot, you're not much of a gamer. How does no. the pitch of – Life is based, a game. Based on a hit video a, game, oh, how does that work way. for you? How, uh, a show based on a hit video game? If somebody pitches it as this show is based on a hit video game, are you more likely or less likely to be interested? Entirely neutral. You've told me nothing about the premise, the characters, the tone of the show. And it could be based on Tetris for but all I know. A, but <laughs> Tetris is a hit. And wouldn't you be very interested in how they turn Tetris into uh, a television event? But you'd, but you'd have to mention it. You'd have to tell me what Tetris was. Oh, and I'd yeah, be like, okay, yeah, okay. I am interested in this. As, okay. as it is, I don't know much about The Last of Us. It's what, a zombie thing? Yeah, uh, I, yep. I got to say, zombied out on this side. The same way that I never thought it would happen to me, but I am zombie entertainmented out. I think it's going to take another few years before I'm back to watching zombie things. Yeah, Dan? can I answer this? I would yeah. say that— No, uh, anyways, number- do move on to the next question. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dan, never give I, I, someone I, I, the opportunity. I don't make the rules. Never give uh, someone the opening to deny you something. Just take it. Well, <laughs> I, well, he directed the video game question to you, so I just wanted to say, I wanted to circle back oh, yeah, to the video yeah. game question, too. Like, I also, not a lot of video games— uh, probably slightly more than Elliot, but like, I think that that is a strike against it for me. And like Elliot, as a child, zombies were my favorite of the like big monsters. Loved zombie mm-hmm. movies. Now, you know, as we've talked about it many times before, it feels like uh, nerds have had a lot of monkey paws, paws wishes granted. And uh, yeah, I I am sick of zombies. And that those two things together have kept me away from Last of Us, even though I hear that it's basically not a zombie show in the traditional sense and it's very good yeah dan you're basically the brother-in-law character from the mummy franchise where in the first movie he's terrified of mummies <laughs> the second one he's mm-hmm. like oh no mummies because he's aware of them and then the third movie he's like oh fuck mummies again like every yeah, character is constantly guys. complaining <laughs> that mummies have shown up and i'm like that's what the movie's called guys <laughs> I love lo- all always, these mummies. I've yeah. always liked that character arc from from extreme fear to just total annoyance and irritation because he knows he's going to get through it. It's just getting in his way. I think the uh, maybe I'll watch it at some point. The, guys, this is going to be a a. I, we don't even need to discuss this or debate it. Uh, Alex, feel free to cut this out if it's too controversial. Okay. I think there is a lower bar for what's considered great television than for almost any other form of art or creative expression, and I would like to see television up its game a little bit. I feel like I've, there have been a lot of shows lately where people are like, this is a great show. It's not just a good show. This is a great show that says something about the world. And then I watch it and I'm like, this is a good show and it's saying something, but it is at the level that novels have been exceeding or movies have been exceeding for a century or more. And so I wonder, I'm but always But Elliot, you have to understand now, the... Everybody is lit from above, so it makes everyone look a little bit weird <laughs> and a little That's bit true. serious. They all, look, they all look like they're in the character introduction screens of the Pusher movies, and it makes, I, it, it, makes it super ominous. I, I hear you, Elliot, but here's a suggestion I will make to you that these people are using the word great 
colloquially <laughs> to no, indicate but, I really but, like this show. No, but I don't think. But I'm talking about even in like writing about shows and things like this isn't just yeah. friends of mine being like this is a great show or just the way that uh, I, again I didn't see The Last of Us. Maybe it's amazing. How there was a recent episode where Twitter, everyone on my Twitter feed was like, ugh heartbreaking. That was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That's the most an, an amazing hour. And like that hyperbole at a certain point obviously becomes meaningless. But I, I've i said this on, I don't remember if I said on this podcast, I said on another podcast recently, I think the most affecting creative experience I had last year was reading Tess of the D'Urbervilles by Thomas Hardy, where it was like, oh, this is like the emotional power that I'm looking for in entertainment. And I'm not getting a lot of the time. And it's like, oh yeah, well, this, there's a reason these novels last for 150, 200 years, you know, in, in still in bookstores. And I want TV to be aiming a little bit higher. And I think for that audience, it's on us. We got to push TV creators to really live up to this idea of greatness. But again, controversial. Maybe I'm just being a snob. I don't know. I, I feel like TV was getting there. There are a couple shows that are considered great shows that I think are genuinely like these are great works of art. But I feel like lately, maybe it's because everything's IP-based. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's I, been devalued. I think this is all entirely a function of the various costs it takes to make different things. Yeah, like, I think that's very Thomas, true. Thomas Hardy did not have to put a lot of money into sitting at home and writing. No, but he's still got to make money to survive. I mean, that, that was no, the he thing he does as a serial, yeah. He personally does, sure. But you have to like, spend money the, to make costs, money, Dan. And Behind. I want to make it clear, Tessa Durville's was released as a serial, I mean, one installment a week, not a serial like you would eat Tessos. written on the back of the box. <laughs> yeah, snap, <laughs> crackle, Tess. <laughs> we need it, we, Thomas Hardy, we need, we need someone to write something people can read while they're eating their cereal in the morning before they go to their crushing labor at a factory in, in, in 19th century London. He goes, all right, I guess I'll write a novel. Yeah, <laughs> but- but the, the 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 production costs of of a television show over time, like all that goes into it, like that's the sad truth about like uh, mass media art is like all these edges, uh, you know, get sanded down. You can't like allow time for things to develop because you know it has to reach the widest possible audience. Well, except I would say going. I would say in television, one of the issues is that to me at least is that they allow too much time for things to develop. The pace of TV shows is often at as slow as you can possibly do it to make sure everyone gets everything. And it's like, I mean, I haven't finished Andor yet, the first season. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it, but I'm also like, oh, if this had started with episode four, I think I would have been, I would have been on board from the get-go. But instead they had to like build all the characters up very slowly, which is just not my, just not my speed. Just not my pace. Yeah, I've heard that from people. I just don't agree, but I feel like part of the issue disagree on that one. I feel like part of the issue is that there might just be a little bit too much content, that there might be too many shows, and instead, maybe you would prefer to microdose your shows. And that's interesting because uh, people people of all stripes are talking about microdosing. That's right. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Uh, as a uh, user of uh, microdose gummies, I find them to be a really great way to wind down at the end of the night. Uh, it helps me uh, in creative pursuits. It helps me relax. It's great. Uh, we, Dan over here, of course, uh, is in the same boat as me. Um, we recommend it. So microdose is available nationwide. Uh, to learn more about ni- microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP, F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code FLOP. 
This is where hey. my mind is at because that segue was so good, Stu, is that when you said First Order, I thought it was also a Star Wars reference. And I was like, man, this guy is good. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, hey, this show is also sponsored by Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I know that I uh, personally, I took uh, five years of French, uh, some, some in high school, some in college. I remember enough to now if like we're in the car and Audrey's mom is listening to a, a, a song in French, which happens more often than you might imagine, she's mm-hmm. like, what is this? And I'm like, I can give you every fourth word. Like if that's enough to sate your uh, your curiosity about what the song's about, I can do it. But um, now thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's a more fun and easy way to learn a new language. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go, whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or if you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Now, you know, I uh, chose French because, I don't know, that was one of two things that my my, my school uh, offered. Uh, and uh, maybe if I had more options. The other being Esperanto? It was French and Spanish. And you know what? Spanish would be a, a more useful language for me to know because there are a lot more Spanish speakers in America than French speakers. I think I just, as a kid, I'm like, you know, people learn languages and the language they learn is French, the language of love. But with uh, yeah, I Babel, imagine I imagine young Dan, sorry, is uh, choosing, yeah. he's like, Pepe Le Pew, Speedy Gonzalez. I'll go with Pepe Le Pew. And that's how you chose what, what language Both? you're going to learn. Problematic, but at least Speedy <laughs> is beloved by <laughs> Mexicans. Um, anyway, I chose it based on what was in front of me, but the beauty of Babbel is uh, there are a lot more options. You don't have to limit yourself that way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, you can get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash flop. That's babble.com slash flop. That's that's uh that's got two B's in it. That's B-A-B-B-E-L for up to 55% off your subscription. Babel, language for life. I'm Jordan Morris. And I'm Jesse Thorne. On Jordan Jesse Go, we make pure, delightful nonsense. We rope in awesome guests and bring them down to our level. We got stupid with Judy Greer. My friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds. Pat Oswalt. Can I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries? Thank you. And Kumail Nanjiani. I've come back with cat toothbrushes, which is impossible to use. Come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org. Look, your podcast app's already open. Just pull it out. Give Jordan Jesse Go a try. Being smart is hard. Be dumb instead. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. So back to the show, and we are uh, talking to with two dudes today. Yes way, and one of the sad facts <laughs> no about way. the tube. No oh, way. Yes way. Now one of the sad facts about the tube from guys, one of the dudes. 
One of the sad facts about the tube is that sometimes shows get canceled. That's right. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. Now, yeah. in this modern age of streaming services, there's always a chance that those shows that get canceled are going to get saved at the last minute by a different channel. Yeah. It could a happen, smaller folks. smaller and smaller chance. It could happen. It Not could happen, folks. In this current market, but yeah. But so we're doing another lightning round here. You guys are just going to have to go right off the cuff. I'm going to give you two options, two shows that, according to my information, have been canceled. <laughs> and you're going to have to pick one to save and one to leave to the dust of history, okay? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay? So, uh, you know, be ready because these are, these are, this is a binding contract. <laughs> Uh, the, so we're actually making the decision. We are making the decision. So the first, uh, the first round is reboot, mm -hmm. the comedy show on Hulu, and NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I actually watched reboot, uh, and mm -hmm. I'm a, a big fan of Judy Greer in particular, uh, who was the lead who doesn't often get leads. I, would I could see why you might have missed NCIS Los Angeles because it only had. 14 seasons? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I think that it's had its time, whereas Reboot got one season, so that's the one I would I would, I would also rescue. say Reboot for similar reasons, yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess Los Angeles no longer has an NCIS here. <laughs> no, crime will run rampant in okay. the, what is it, the Navy Crime Intelligence Service? Is that what it stands for? <laughs> I think for? that's what it stands for. Okay, so next round, next, next pairing. <laughs> 1899 and American Gigolo. Uh, okay, was 1899 so. one of the Yellowstone shows, or is it not? No, I believe it I'm was from 1923. the— I'm thinking of 1923. Yes, I believe 1899 was from the people who made uh, the show Dark uh, on oh, Netflix, okay. which was kind of beloved. And American Gigolo is adapting the hit movie to a TV show starring John Barenthal, who is smoldering. Uh-huh. You know what? I'm going to just say American Gigolo because it's about an American Gigolo. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to say, not having watched either, I'm going to say 1899 because I love history. And I kind of feel like, to me, American Gigolo is where it works, the movie at least, is as a portrait of the time it was made. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I want to see an American Gigolo about now where the American Gigolo is like a task rabbit guy and lonely older women just kind of hire him for an hour through an app or something. I assume that's what happens in it. I haven't seen it. I assume they updated it. Yeah, is Paul Schrader involved with the show? <laughs> I'm assuming not based on Probably his, not. Uh, his Facebook pictures. Because <laughs> <laughs> if Paul Schrader's involved with the show, I'm going to say yes. Re continue that one because he's he, – say what you will about him as a human being, which I can't. I don't know him, and he says a lot of strange things on Facebook. But he's a unique artist with a unique uh, corrupt view of the world. Uh, okay, and our third and final grouping, okay? Remember, these are binding contracts. We have mm -hmm. Pennyworth. The wait, wait, does it mean we ha we have to fund these shows? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, that's them's the breaks. You you asked for the power, Elliot. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay the piper. So uh, yeah. we have Pennyworth, the piper power, which is worth more than a penny, from what I hear. The Secret mm -hmm. History of Batman's <laughs> Butler, or Doctor Phil. Uh, okay, well, I number one, I enjoy that when I look at Pennyworth on HBO, it says underneath it, the origin of Batman's Butler, <laughs> as if to say, like, yeah, everything needs a goddamn origin these days, so why don't you lap it up, jerks? Uh, if this does well enough, then we can finally get, we can finally get Lavender Man, the, the origin of Batman's laundry guy. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh, yep. 
That all being said, I don't think Pennyworth is causing active harm in the world the way that I think Dr. <laughs> Phil is. So I think Dr. Phil should get the fuck out of here, get canceled. Yeah, I agree. Unless I, – I, I would agree with Dan completely. Unless Pennyworth also had an episode where they exploited Shelley Duvall's mental illness for ratings, then I, I'm going to have to say keep Pennyworth on the air. Yeah, okay. Get rid of Dr. Phil. So you, have, you guys have three shows you're paying for. We'll have a meeting, and I'll send you the bill. <laughs> well, oh, if, if, do, if Dr. Phil gets canceled, I can still make memes where the Eminem version of Dr. Phil is marrying Shrek <laughs> yes. on the anniversary of the first episode of Snoo- Supernatural, of, right? Of I can still do that. Can. Yep. The Winchester brothers oh, are in attendance. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so uh, let's talk. What have you guys been watching? I'm going to start first. We're talking about what the flop boys are watching. We've been watching in this house. We've been watching Poker Face, not the movie before you ask. I mean, you were watching Poker Face, the movie for this podcast. technically I was. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? Uh, So uh, (laughs) Poker Face, the TV show on Peacock with uh, Natasha Lyonne. It's got a little bit of Columbo in it. It's got a ton of great guest stars. Although there is a guest star on the fourth episode who really brings Mm. something special, you know? Didn't Mm -hmm. take me out of the episode at all. He was hilarious. Ugh. I think his name was John Hodgman, hmm. maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he he was uh, good as a uh, khaki wearing man <laughs> who wants drugs. <laughs> he is, a, yep. Not uh, to spoil too much, but he is a khaki wearing man who wants drugs. Not a narc. Yeah. Um, are you no, guys I'm enjoying? Are you watching Poker Face? You enjoy Poker it? Face? Yes, I, I enjoy that show. I I do think that. I think that the, that Ryan Johnson went the right way when he was like, "Oh, the internet wants Natasha Leone to be Columbo. If if we did a reboot of Columbo, if we actually, despite you know whether whether or not I have the rights, if we did one, it would be always compared to Columbo. Why don't I just make a show that is basically like Columbo but not Columbo? That's a good route to go with that. Although I still continue to compare it to Columbo and prefer." <laughs> Columbo slightly, I mean, but why? Poker Face is great. <laughs> judged, by, judged by Ryan Johnson's Twitter feed, Columbo is all he watches and all he thinks about. He's always yeah. tweeting about Columbo, or was at least for a long period of time. So yeah. he may be saying the same thing to himself. He watches his own show and is like, it's no Columbo. Pretty good, I'm trying but no the best Columbo. I can, yeah. But I like, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And I, I'm also watching, uh, watching Superstore, which, you know, had like something like six seasons. So it was good to come across it late, and then we're just sort of tearing through it it's but it's going to be like popcorn it's going to be sad once we hit the the bottom of that bowl of just the kernels at the of, bottom of the bag there's a, there's yeah. a lot Super of really store. great yeah there's a lot of really great supporting uh actors on that show obviously what mark mckinney but then yeah. uh yeah there's so many funny women on it it's so great uh i saw lauren ash is on a new show with uh fuck who's on that show oh man mm-hmm. um but uh it was it was good to see her working again after the end uh, of Superstore. Speaking of uh, Lauren Ash, I uh, Audrey was a big fan of the animated uh, She-Ra series on Netflix, uh-huh. uh, which is you know a a, a, a cartoon, an action cartoon oh. that is unafraid of being. <laughs> I said that as if I was surprised the She-Ra show was a cartoon. <laughs> no, it is, it is unafraid of being unabashedly uh, feminine and also like very much about you know, friendship and good emotional lessons rather than just fighting. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And it it has people like, uh, 
Lauren Ash and what's her face? Uh, I forget her name. The, Shirley the MacLaine. Fri- the friend slash room. The friend slash roommate. Beanie from- Newworth. Oh, God damn it! Let me ask Stuart. The friend slash roommate from uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend uh, plays Mermista on it, and yeah. she's funny. Like the one who's kind of like over it all. Yeah, Denise um, Richards. Oh man, a lot I don't of good remember her name. Comic Judy voices. Dench. It is anyway. Judy Dench. Yeah. Judy it's Dench. Dame okay. Judy Dench. Dame mm-hmm. Judy Dench. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the Dame, dude. Um, so Elliot, I'm not. I'm not. Engl- I'm not British. I don't have to say their titles. Uh, so Elliot, what have you been watching? I'm guessing what like the talkies from the 20s. Like, what are you watching? Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't a lot of talkies in the 20s, but I would watch them. I mean, uh, I did watch a movie the other night in a, a movie a, from the 50s. Too. No, it's not. You know what? I'll tell. I'll talk about it on our movie portion, Flophouse. That's the thing is, I don't watch as much TV because I love movies so much. So I could be watching a TV show, but instead, I was watching last night Listomania, which I was finally getting around to watching. <laughs> what a nutty movie that yeah, is! Yeah, <laughs> uh, but lately, what have we? We've been watching uh, Severance. We've started watching, sure, yeah. which people is, love. Which it. is people love it. I think it's a little. It's not exactly what I want from that show, but it is very good. Uh, I, it's just, a co- it's as, a compelling puzzle. It is. Uh, I think I feel like, as with many shows, I want it to move a little faster, but that's because I'm used to watching movies. I'm used to watching things that are one story told over two hours rather than a very uh, with the same story told over 10 hours. But, but it's very it's, well made. If it's told over 10 hours, then you can, like, look at your phone while you're watching it or play solitaire or something. <laughs> I know. That's not really necessarily what I want. <laughs> uh, we've also been watching uh, Abbott Elementary, which is yeah, a fine show. It's sure. a very solid sitcom. It's won know. many awards. Won many awards. It's right. It's you know. It's a solid modern sitcom. Um, but we haven't been watching too. We find a lot ourselves a lot of times just sitting there trying to remember what we're watching because at the moment we don't have a show <laughs> just that sitting is there like trying really to remember how us. we got to this place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what wrong turns we took? Staring into the void. <laughs> yeah, just like the end of the of the graduate every day when we sit on the couch watching at the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I feel like the we the last show that really like we had to watch every episode was we were like rewatching The Wire a while back. Okay, and I'm I'm looking for the show that is gonna make it so that we're like we gotta watch the next one. Like, should we stay up and watch another episode even though we need to go to bed? Yeah, let's do it. I don't have that show yet. So, guys, yeah. what would you recommend? Keeping in mind, I'm very critical <clears throat> and snobbish, and I'm gonna be comparing everything to Tesla Durbervilles by Tom Hardy. Yeah, this is this is the problem. Tom is Hardy. His name is not Tom Hardy the actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it would be so great if he wrote that whole thing with a mask on his face. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, based uh, on based on his MySpace profile, he does have a way with words, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if, you uh, if you haven't looked up Tom Hardy's MySpace profile, you totally should just Google that shit. It's so great. Uh, listeners, if uh, feel free to tweet at me with your recommendations for shows that really kind of grabbed you. Uh, but don't tell me about like The Last of Us or something. Don't tell me about a show that I may not have heard about, okay? Not the one show everybody's talking about. Because that's the other thing, guys, is we live in a very disposable television and film culture mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that everyone's – is the greatest thing they've ever seen this week. By next week, often they've forgotten about it. I want uh-huh. something that's going to last for a little while. That's really going to sit in my mind and I'm going to think about it and – it, I'm gonna mull it over. It's gonna. It, I don't want something I can just mm. watch and then throw away and drag it over to the trash can icon in my mind. You know. No, you want. Yeah, we you don't want. want you don't want fast food. You want like a real sit down hearty meal. 
Man, exactly. you want different yeah. things out of television. Than yeah. I do. Okay. And, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I mean, there are a lot of people who, when they watch TV, they just want to sit down, have something that entertains them, and then not think about it anymore, which is a totally valid way to use television. But that's not the way I like to do things. That's how I treat mm-hmm. uh, time with my family. Experience it, throw it away, then don't think about it anymore. Put it in the metal trash done. bag. <laughs> but television, I want it to I want to look back on my deathbed and really remember all the shows I watched and how yeah. wonderful they were. Yeah. Yeah. So uh of course, since we're talking tube, we gotta talk about the biggest tube event of all. That's right, the big game, guys. Last night was the Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Kansas City Chiefs? Are they? They're still doing uh-huh. that? They're still doing that? Yeah. Okay, uh, cool. They're still, they're still doing um, that one, yeah. So uh, any any highlights? You guys watched the big game? Uh, I'll tell you what. I went to Audrey's. Tell uh, us what, yeah. I'll t- I went to Audrey's aunt's place uh, to hang out with her family. It's always a great time over there. She's got a lot of extended family, a lot of great food. This is your recommendation? Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just like this is what like it's always. So he all listeners go to Audrey's. Yeah, aunt's if you have house. the chance, really get to know Audrey's family because they're a the bunch chance, of sweethearts. Get to know Audrey's aunts. You get a bunch of great Filipino food uh, along with other just like regular uh, American style. I think you uh, want to rephrase that so you don't you don't compare Filipino food with regular food. What are you, James yeah, Bond? And you only I don't live mean twice? regular. I, I don't mean like that. There's. I do not mean that there's a normal <laughs> thing to eat. You just, saying, just the default human food of hamburgers and hot dogs and french fries. That's regular. And then all the other weird alternatives. That's why I switched what I was saying over to American traditional Super Bowl foods. I'm just I'm just joking with you, Dan. Stuff I know what you that meant. Americans who have grown up uh, having wings, say, and yeah. chili dip. That all was <laughs> sure. there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what, I don't what, know what, why what, I went what, down. Yeah, what do you bring? Did you bring like uh, maybe some pesto or uh, you know what I like a zucchini or <laughs> you know what I brought? Yeah, What's some the haggis? traditional What'd super Super Bowl pesto. Uh, I I made the field's green, salted, just like the pesto. <laughs> I made a salted peanut tart. Um, also uh, traditional Super Bowl food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I've, I've, they've, they've grown to know that I bake things. So now I feel like I don't want to disappoint them. I want to show up with something uh, baked good. And when you, when um, you told them it was a tart, were they surprised that it was sweet? Uh, <laughs> I think that you'll find that that's a frequent way that tarts are, and there's a whole candy based around. No, it. this this is um, a, this is another joke from Stu- when Stuart gave that commencement speech at that English department. He, his whole bit about his whole bit about words that that aren't exactly right. I remember it was a slalom bit. Yeah, too. that was great. I'm glad yeah, you're using those jokes. They yeah. like lifted me up your, on their shoulders and carried me out. It was amazing. When, when you got your honorary degree from Trinity College, yeah, <sighs> Trinity okay. from well, the Matrix. Um, point is i went over there mostly for uh you know some fun family time less for the football game (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was also on yep uh i sort of half watched the first half uh paid more attention to rihanna when she was on when she's on that level from super smash brothers yeah, and then we and then we took a car home, <laughs> ignored the second half of the game, uh, watched some Superstore. Um, 
So one of the big draws of the of the big game is always the commercials. That's right. Everybody's got to watch those yeah. commercials. Uh, I don't know about if you missed the second half. Capitalism you- has done an amazingly good job of convincing us that we care about the commercials at the Super Bowl. Yeah. But there was one that I did care about because in the second half, there's a commercial for a little streaming service called fucking Tubi. <laughs> Tubi oh, had a best. Super Bowl mm. ad and it was a great ad. And I was like, God damn it, Tubi, you fucking did it. There wasn't, uh, unlike last year, it wasn't just a sea of crypto ads, although there were way too many QR codes for my tastes. <laughs> there was multiple commercials for Jesus and Scientology, which is cool. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Are they working together now? I mean, they must be, right? Like in some kind, like like the shots of the fucking, like the fancy box that had Elon Musk sitting next to Rupert Murdoch. And you're like, man, wow, that could just... Like if that one box explode, like if Agent Forty Seven snuck in there and rewired something, everybody would be happy for a day. Um, there was a lot and of commercials people would be like, about. We'll never be able to catch the person who did this. All we know is he had a barcode on the back of his neck. There's no way to track it. He's wearing it down. different clothes, Elliot. You can't tell. <laughs> Uh, he's like he's 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 like he's knocking up people and then checking to see how high the collar oh is on their God. shirts because it's got to cover up his barcode. There would totally be a bit where he like has to knock out Rihanna and do the fucking <laughs> halftime show. God, Agent Forty Seven is amazing, guys. He's so great. Oh. And he's got he's got to be pregnant for the show so nobody can tell he the can, difference. Yeah. He would have to go. Oh, it'd be amazing. He'd get a, like a, a fake pregnant. But God, I love Agent Forty Seven. Okay, there was multiple commercials where celebrities are doing like normal people jobs and the whole time like fuck you <laughs> uh but did you uh, like to see yeah bradley- and there was a trailer for the flash bradley cooper did you see the trailer for the flash i saw i i didn't see it during the super bowl i saw it online and i fast forwarded to the part with michael keaton and then i didn't watch the rest of the trailer let's let's pause this dan you were saying something about bradley cooper no, you were talking about things where people celebrities were playing normal roles or like uh-huh. or like doing other jobs and there was a t-mobile uh, one where he was with his his mom, and it was less about him being working for T-Mobile and more about seeing him goof around with his mom, which I enjoyed. That's all I was. Which was cute. Say. I think I, of the celebs doing regular jobs, I feel like that was the only one where I wasn't like, "God damn it!" Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Flash trailer. It's it's kind of wild to me that they're actually releasing that movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I mean, they I, just have so much money tied up in it, and. Warner Brothers, I think at the moment, is fighting the impression that they have that they're just eating all of their product. You know, yeah. I wonder if there was part of them that was like, "Why couldn't we have released the Batgirl movie and held this one back? Like, why? Why did we have to do that?" But maybe there's something in Michael Keaton's contract that says the movie has to be released in theaters. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can only imagine that a large part of it is they made such a big deal about oh, Michael Keaton's back as Batman and et cetera, et cetera, like. And so they're putting more energy into like an idea of like, look, Ezra Miller's going to get some help, guys, than they would for other projects that were bedeviled by someone who had been in the news unfavorably. I mean, it is, it feels like this is by being the next chapter in DC continuing to ape the Marvel universe of movies almost like. Almost uh, shamelessly, the fact that they're like, now there's multiple verses and multiple versions of the same character. Guess what? Yeah. The guy who played the character in the past is back. It's like, you realize we saw this in a movie like three years ago, right? <laughs> but uh, Like two and a half years ago. But uh, the, I feel it's just, this movie benefits from being too big to fail, I guess. Like it has too big a yeah. part in that 
Although with with um with James Gunn taking over, is all this stuff going to just be wiped clean? Basically, a fair amount of it. Do you think this is like this movie is the reset that they're that like that's why it has to exist? Is that's very possible? Yeah, it could be. Uh, well, we talked. We talked a lot about Tube today, guys. Thank you so much for joining me, listeners. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are tubing a sh- in. They they are tubing in, right? Uh, (laughs) We are a show on Maximum Fun. Uh, There's plenty of other great shows on there. Check them out, please. The show has been hopefully edited pretty well by our good friend Alex Smith, who goes by Howell Doughty on various social medias. He's great. Check out his stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm... Elliot Kalen. I did it like Michael Keaton in the in the flash trailer. Oh, that's where he great. takes a long yeah, time yeah, to say yeah, it. So yeah. great. Oh, cool. Thank you. Okay, bye. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.